In today's episode of Real People, Real God, Misu and Lindsay continue their Through the Bible character series with look at Samuel, Israel's last judge, and the prophet Yahweh chose to anoint Israel's first king. Hi, this is Misu. And this is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone. We're so glad you could join us today. Lindsay, how's your day going? It's pretty good. It's just another day in the frozen tundra up here. Oh, man. That's frozen <laughs> That's what my dad, tundra. My dad calls it the Great White North. Um, it is. Yeah, last time we chatted, uh, I had some snow. And again, uh-huh. today we've had a lot of snow yesterday. Oh, so really? It's just Wisconsin in the wintertime. And it's oh. it's beautiful out there. It's very snowy. Um, it's not you too keep cold. It up there. So, yeah. You keep it up there. We've not it's had good. any snow. Yeah, well, you live in the Great not white south. <laughs> so, oh, but actually, but you do live in the mountains, right? We do, and they tell uh-huh. us that we're supposed to get snow, but we we've had like seventeen flakes. Is all like <laughs> well, outside my window? Pitiful. I could just about count them. I mean, yeah, not nothing. So they got yeah. me all ready for it, and then it's kind of like, oh, nothing. Yeah. Okay. So how are you doing this morning? Today's your birthday. It so is not my for all of you listening, on the day you'll be no. listening to this, it's no longer. But the day we're no. recording, it's your birthday. Yes. How's it going? Happy it birthday. Is, it's good. Thank you. I'm really enjoying my birthday. I got my family around me and I was I just had happy birthday sung to me all sorts of different ways. It's been <laughs> wonderful. It has oh, been great. Fun. Yeah, that's it good. Is fun. It's and fun. Now, I love birthdays. I love birthdays too. I can celebrate my birthday for like a week straight. You have no idea. Oh, we have birthday month in this. That's family. good. Yes, birthday I month. approve. Like I all approve. month is my birthday. Yes, it's awesome. Good. Yeah. I approve of that. Uh huh. It's fabulous. Oh uh, yes. Well, today we get to talk about the Bible a little bit on your birthday yes. too. So even better. That's that's a fun activity. So we're going to continue uh, with our Through the Bible character series like we've been doing. And we're going to continue the story of Hannah, which we began just after Christmas. Um, and we'll touch a little bit more on her life as well as her husband's life. And then primarily we're going to focus on their son, Samuel, who really is kind of a pretty big deal in this story. It is a big deal. Yeah. yeah, we kind of learned that when we were talking and doing our research for this podcast. He's a very big deal. Yeah, bigger deal than I thought. And that's mm-hmm. that's just one of the things I've been loving about doing this podcast is is the opportunity to go even deeper with mm-hmm. another woman of the word, someone else mm-hmm. who loves to study God's word and get more understanding of these stories and these real people that I thought I already knew. Yeah, but then it's been we fun. learn even more things. So, yeah. it's exciting. So, let's uh let's kick off this look uh, by starting with Samuel's parents, or uh-huh. his soon-to-be parents. Soon We're going to talk about parents, them before yeah. they were parents. Um, Elkanah and Hannah are their yes. names. So, Misu, why don't you tell us a little bit about them? They are just two wonderful pictures of faithfulness to Yahweh during a yeah. time of Israel's judges. And you remember the time of the judges? Mm-hmm. Um, just awful. It, judges twenty-one twenty-five said it. Israel had no king and everyone did as they saw fit. Oh my goodness. And let me tell you, as they saw fit was really awful. So, um, yeah. And, and it was a time that even the priests of Yahweh were corrupt. They were awful. These, especially the two priests mentioned in our first, um, scripture here, Hophni and Phinehas. Oh, Lindsay, Mm -hmm. tell us about these two. Yeah. These two priests, are really a couple of knuckleheads to That's say the word. least about that. Yeah. Like they're, 
So 1 Samuel chapter 2 uh, gives us a picture of these two priests. They're two sons of Eli, who was the high priest, Hophni and Phinehas. Um, and they're just doing a terrible job. And it's not because they needed more training or they didn't know mm-hmm. how to be priests. Mm-mm. No, no, that's not the problem. These two guys were intentionally being deceitful and selfish. Mm-hmm. It, it gives us a picture of them sticking forks into the boiling pot and bringing out sacrificed meat for themselves. This yeah. is a problem. And forcing people to give them the raw meat before the fat is even burned off their sacrifice, which is, which was commanded that the fat was to be burned before the priest could have it. So, mm-hmm. This is like, just picture a couple of pastors sticking their hand in the offering plate and removing some bills as it passes by. You know, that's, Ooh, or, yeah. or like a greedy and crooked treasure cooking the books and embezzling yeah. funds to get more than what's due to him. Like that's, that's kind of the picture we have here yeah. of, of yeah. these two priests. So like I said, a couple of knuckleheads, maybe even worse, or worse, worse yeah. than that. Yeah. Um, but later on, both both of these guys, both Hophni and Phineas, eventually died on the same day um, as a sign from the Lord that the Lord had removed his blessing from Eli's household, Eli's family. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how bad they are, and, and the Lord is um, going to strike them down kind of later. So, But that's, yeah. that's a different that's story. But that story. just gives yeah. you a picture of the, the wickedness that's happening in Israel right now. And so yeah. in contrast to that picture, we have Samuel's soon-to-be parents... So, yeah, now go ahead and tell us more about their faithfulness. I love this story of these two people. You know, they are great. This Elkanah and Hannah, um, they they are fabulous, like you said, a wonderful contrast, just very refreshing, yeah. real people really seeking after their real God. So mm-hmm. 1 Samuel 1, 3, it gives us a picture of Elkanah's faithfulness. It says, year after year. Did you get that? Year after year. Yeah. It was likely the Day of Atonement. This man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, knuckleheads, the two (laughs) sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. So even though the priests were awful, year after year, Elkanah took his family faithfully to go up and to sacrifice Somehow Amen. in this world where everyone else was following his own way, Elkanah is this devout follower and he leads his family in that same devoutness. And mm-hmm. Hannah, we're going to find out here in a minute, has a wonderful, deep relationship with, with this God too, because she, she cries out to him when she's at her lowest point. Yeah. Yeah. Set this scene for us. When, when you and I were talking about this, I love the way you recounted this scene when she goes and prays to the Lord, begging him for a child. Just, I love this. Set this scene for us so we can understand this. Well, I, part of what I love about it is that it's so real. So Hannah yeah. is unable real to have people. children. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Hannah is unable to have children. Her husband has a second wife who has just children aplenty, evidently. And mm-hmm. the second wife just torments her terribly. Mm-hmm. And Hannah is just in despair and she tells her husband about it. And what does this husband say? Oh, Hannah, really? Why, why would you need kids? You have me. Seriously. Really? <laughs> it's really? like eye roll moment right there. Oh, <laughs> like, my really? God. Seriously. Elkanah, you need a little bit of training there in uh-huh. sensitivity. So <laughs> Hannah, totally misunderstood, sad, desperate, feels completely alone mm-hmm. because her husband mm-hmm. needs some training there. So who does she have to turn to? She turns to Yahweh in her desperation, right? Mm-hmm. She's not afraid to bring her emotions straight to him. And I love yeah. this scene. So First Samuel 1, I'm going to read verses 9 through 11. 
says once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Okay. It, picture this. This is, this is a festival. There are lots and lots of Israelites who have come to Shiloh. There are people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly in front of all these people, by the way. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. Okay, this blows my mind because she stands up in the middle of this festival and we're going to find out later Eli, the priest, he thinks she's drunk because her mouth is moving. She's praying silently. Her mouth is moving, but she's not making any sound. He chastises her in front of the whole crowd and she does not back down, not for a second. She, she comes right back at him and explains what's going on. I mean, this is a woman in desperation and in front of the whole, I mean, in front of God and everybody, literally in front of God and everybody, she just bears her soul. I, that's yeah. Faith. I that love that. Faith. Yeah. You were, you were telling about how there's this whole festival and she's not, they're all sitting and eating and drinking. Yes. And then she just stands up. And, and when you described it, it's like, it's like that person in church who disrupts our church service in some way that's, that's awkward for us, you know, who stands yep. up at the awkward moment yep. or who, or who lets out mm-hmm. a cry or prayer to God completely out of our normal pattern of worship, Mm -hmm. but you know, someone dancing down the aisle when you're not supposed to, if you're not, if you're in a church that doesn't do dancing, some churches do that a plenty and it's fine. But like, um, it's like that kind of moment. And the rest of us who are all put together and proper, just kind of try not to make eye contact with this crazy person who's standing up, like, you know, because the rest of us are prim and proper. And and that's the scene of Hannah. But I love that because she is so desperate and God is the Mm -hmm. only one she has that she just doesn't care. She yeah. just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And I have had a few moments like that with the Lord. Have you ever had any moments like that with the Lord? You know, very few. Uh, yeah. Very few. Yeah. I think this I've is had not a, few, a common thing, I don't think. Right. But my moments like that are few and far between when I have mm-hmm. that kind of abandon with God that, yeah. that I just don't even care what anybody else thinks mm-hmm. because I yeah. am seeking him and, and that's all that matters. And yeah. not only is she doing this awkward thing and she doesn't even care what people think, but when she prays, we, I think we already talked about this in our last podcast, she she begs God for a child and promises to give that child back to him. And like... <sighs> Yeah. Well, she's going to give this long-awaited child back to God all the days of his life. Yeah, not just for a few years. I mean, this right. is like all Forever. the days of his life. Yeah. This is just oh, so Hannah, amazing. what what a wonderful beautiful picture of of mm-hmm. faith um, mm-hmm. faithfulness and her devotion to God. I love this. And yeah. I just love this woman's story. It's so great. It is. And here's the thing that here's the thing that gets me. It's a strength of faith that that matches all these odds that are against Mm -hmm. her. I mean, she's Mm -hmm. tormented by her husband's second wife. She's Mm -hmm. persecuted by Eli, the priest. Right. And then she doesn't get a burning bush. She doesn't get a vision (laughs) from the Lord that says, yes, you're going to have a baby. No, there's silence because Sam first Samuel tells us in the course of time, she became pregnant. So it wasn't an immediate conception. So she heard silence for, for, we don't know how long. 
She and might be one of the truest real people. We've, you know, sometimes Moses no doesn't kidding. quite feel like he's a real regular person like me, but <laughs> Hannah is yeah. just, she's just regular Hannah. I love this. I do too. I mean, that's, that's amazing. So, okay. So she finally does have the son. God is faithful, gives her this son and she names him Samuel. And I love this. Samuel's name means heard by God. She named her son heard by God. Oh, that just gives me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. So not only was she heard by God for this one child, but Samuel, first Samuel two twenty one tells us that God honored the faith that she had and gave her three more sons and two mm-hmm. daughters. Oh, that I love that. That is our mm-hmm. God. That is our yeah. real God who loves and just pours out blessing on those who, who do step out in faith and do show that kind of yeah. dog determination mm-hmm. to serve him, to love him, to trust him. I just, I think that's yeah. amazing. So now yeah. the first few years after Samuel is born, Hannah does not go to the temp, to the tabernacle. She's got to give him back soon, right? <laughs> I know. And so she just wants every second with him. You can just mm-hmm. feel that in the scripture. And so Elkanah, as the head of the household, he allows her to stay home with Samuel. But listen to what he says to her in, in 123, chapter 1, verse 23. He says, do what seems best to you. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good your word. He's kind of, he's kind of saying, okay, you can stay home, but you better make sure you keep your vow to the Lord. And I, I don't think he's happy about giving up Hannah's firstborn son as precious as Hannah was to him. Yeah. I I have to believe that her son would have also been very precious to him, Mm -hmm. but because he's such a strong spiritual leader in this household, I think he's being true to his character here and saying, we have to be true to Yahweh and we Mm -hmm. have to keep our vows. And so finally, when the boy is weaned, which would be when he's aged three to four in this culture, they take him to the tabernacle and they give him, are you ready for this? Remember how, how corrupt these priests are? Hophni and Phinehas. How do you give a three or four year old little boy to a priesthood that you know is that corrupt? Oh my goodness. Lindsay. Oh, she does it. How do you do that? She does it. Yeah. (gasps) Yeah. It's amazing. She does it and God bless her. (laughs) I mean, just, yeah. Yeah. I love, love that picture of her. So she, she gives him over and Mm -hmm. here's where we begin to see Samuel's relationship with the Lord. This is, this is pretty cool. And with these corrupt priests is not the place you want to be. Eli's there too. And Eli has his moments of doing okay, but he does. Yeah. So Samuel's now in the tabernacle and He's kind of a big deal. Our real God really yeah. connects with Samuel. That's what I've been loving about Samuel's story mm-hmm. is he has this amazingly intimate connection with our real God. And it's a mm-hmm. connection like we haven't really seen since Moses and Joshua. And even though their stories were only a few podcast episodes ago, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was like 300 years time between, between Joshua and Samuel yeah. here. So there's mm-hmm. a long time where we have not seen someone connecting like this um, mm-hmm. with God. And... Samuel, this young boy, really shouldn't even be in the tabernacle at all because he's not a Levite. Right. He, he's not a Levite family. It says he was born into the tribe of, of Ephraim, Ephraim. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he really shouldn't even be there. But our real God has a plan for him and takes yeah. his boy in and then begins this intimate relationship with Samuel. And so we see this beginning, um, first Samuel chapter three, verses one through five. 
It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, like I just talked about, Mm -hmm. and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, (laughs) poor old Eli, he was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Samuel's not supposed to be in the house of the Lord. And it sounds like he might it be does. in the Holy of Holies where the Ark of yeah. God was. I don't where know nobody's if I can, supposed to be. Right. I don't know if we can say that for sure, but at the know. very least, he's not supposed to be in the house of the Lord. But Samuel's lying down yeah. in the house of the Lord where mm-hmm. the Ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. <laughs> so he, he went back and laid down. And Samuel, young little Samuel, he didn't know it was the Lord's voice. This is God beginning this intimate relationship with him. But Mm -hmm. Samuel doesn't know because this is the first time the Lord has spoken to him. It says, Mm -hmm. now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Um, So this is, this is just God beginning this relationship and this whole God speaking to him and he responds and goes and talks to Eli. That, that whole thing happens a few more times before Eli finally figures out that it's the Lord calling Samuel. Eli I mean, that's almost comical, right? It, <laughs> it really, it really is. is. It's kind of funny. And you think of yeah. old Eli, like, I'm trying to sleep, leave me alone. Yeah. But then Eli yeah. finally figures out, wait a minute, I think this is our God, the Lord yeah. speaking. So he gives Samuel some instruction on how to respond when God calls. And then Samuel has this amazing interaction with God. Mm-hmm. Think about starting your relationship with God in this way. Listen to this. First Samuel three, ten through eleven. The Lord came and stood there. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. The Lord uh. came and stood there. He's not supposed to be in this place. God's really not supposed to be speaking to him as far as human standards, yeah. but our real God speaks to Samuel. I love okay. this. That, that is just so cool. And really think about it because not even Moses or Joshua had the Lord just come and stand there in their presence. Yeah. I mean, that this is a big deal. We just couldn't Ugh. get over the whole thing that Samuel, I mean, this is a really big deal. Yeah. But now here was another thought that kind of blew us away. Why didn't Yahweh just visit Samuel like this the first time he called? Why didn't he just come and stand there in front of Samuel the first time he called? Yeah. And then we got to thinking, oh, how gracious mm-hmm. is our God to include Eli in this process? Yeah. How gracious to allow Eli to experience God's presence at least mm-hmm. once before he died. To include this old priest whose sons are are just completely corrupt, who yeah. is at the very end of his life, who, to, to be able to see the working of God in this young boy who's coming up, yeah. I, that is such a precious picture it. of our God and mm-hmm. how he is is revealing himself, not just to Samuel, but how he is revealing himself to Eli. Yeah. And this is one of those good moments for Eli, you know, <laughs> yeah. he, he's got some bad ones, bless his heart. But this is one of those good ones where he's still able to connect with God and he's still being used by God in this. I, yeah. I just love that. I, I just, love it. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so our buddy Samuel, 
here we go. He's beginning this amazingly intimate relationship with our God. And at the same time, God begins to use him as a prophet. Mm -hmm. Even at this very young age, Yahweh tells him the judgment that he has planned for Eli's family. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. This poor kid (laughs) is supposed to go and tell his boss, Eli, that, (laughs) This, this judgment is going to come on Eli's family. Well, Eli can tell that Samuel's supposed to tell him some bad news. And Eli uh-huh. says, no, you got to tell me all of it. You, you have to tell me all of it. And so that's the first message that this little Samuel prophet has to mm. tell is this mm-hmm. awful hard news that, you know, your family is going to be cut off from God's blessing. There's going to be judgment. And you know what? Samuel tells everything, even the hard stuff, which is the mark of a true prophet. So first Samuel three, 19 through 20 says the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of Mm. the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and there he revealed himself to Samuel through Mm. his word. So this is a huge turning point in Israel. So remember before Samuel, we had judges and one would come and then he'd mess up. Well, he'd Mm -hmm. deliver Israel or at least that region of Israel. And then they'd mess up or die and then they'd go to pot again. (laughs) Well, Samuel is a turning point because Samuel has regular encounters with God, it sounds like. And all of Israel recognized him. So this is, he's a national leader, not just a regional judge. And he is now a spiritual leader, a prophet of Yahweh, not just a military leader like the other judges were. So we see Samuel and he is prophet, priest, and judge. But Israel still has no king. So, yeah. Oh, Lindsay, tell us what comes next. Well, yeah, so the next scene we're going to talk about in Samuel's life is actually when he's pretty old. So we just talked about when he was Mm -hmm. very young and now pretty old. So just imagine his whole life then is full of, like you just said, Misu, these regular encounters with God. He's being used as a prophet of God, a priest of God, a judge. All Israel recognizes him. Mm -hmm. So... We're skipping a large chunk of his life, but just imagine it's full of those things, these these regular encounters with yeah. God and being used by God. Um, but then when Samuel's older, we're about to see, okay, a scene of God's real people, the Israelites, being pretty underwhelming. They're not so great. <laughs> They're yeah. not doing yep. so great. And it, here we and go it again. Start, yeah, here we go again. And it starts yep, with Samuel's sons, actually, which is a bummer for mm-hmm. Samuel. Um, so it says in, in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 1 through 5, when Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders. But his sons turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. Like, eh. Oh man, come on. You're just like Hoffie oh. and Phineas. Like, come on. This is, no. this is no good. So yeah. because of this, all the elders of Israel came to Samuel at Ramah and they said to him, you are old. <laughs> That's not very nice. And you're, thank and you your so much. Do not... <laughs> on my birthday, we're taught, we're reading this. Thanks so much. Okay. I go ahead. At you. yeah. <laughs> you're a spring chicken. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks um, yeah. They say okay, to poor Samuel, ahead. you are old and your sons do not follow in your ways. So now, appoint a king to lead us. In other words, we don't want them. Appoint a king to lead us, such as all mm-hmm. the other nations have. We're tired of the system. We want a king. Mm-hmm. And and let's just pause for a moment. Um, 
Like you said, Israel has no king yet, and the Lord is meant to be their king. But they demand a king. And if you don't know much about the history of Israel, the time of the kings that's coming up, it's pretty bad. Just as bad as the time of the judges that we talked about, maybe even worse. Uh, we have this nice little respite here from the real people being really awful with, with Elkanah and Hannah and Samuel. But with the ushering in of Israel's kings that's about to happen, God's people just begin to deteriorate until eventually he scatters them among other nations as judgment for their sins. It's it's rough. Uh, the the books of First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles tells these stories, and shows this process of deterioration of God's people and how Israel splits into two nations, Israel and Judah, and things just go from bad to worse to worse. Uh, you'll if you read those those accounts, those two books uh, or four books, you'll see phrases like he, the king each successive king, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord as his father had done. It's it's just, mm-hmm. it's bad. Most of Israel's kings are evil, and things are about to get rough with this, this ushering in yeah. of kings. Yeah, and you know, God, God lets it all unfold. Yeah. It's like he, you know, you asked for it, I'm going to allow you to have what you desire, what you are asking for. But he does send a fair warning to his real people through Samuel. So in 1 Samuel 8, verses 7 through 9, it says this, And the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to you, Samuel. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. Oh, that just breaks my heart. I hate that. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly, and let them know what the king will claim as his rights. Mm. And so he gives a whole list of things that the kings are going to take from the Israelite people when they yeah. get this king that they're demanding. I mean, and and he goes down and he gives lots of detail. He says, you know, they're going to take your sons and, and make an army mm-hmm. with them. They're going to take your horses. They're going to take your livestock. They're going to take your daughters and make them servants. Yeah. They're going to make you servants. They're just, they're going to take and take and take from you. And the people answered and they said, we still want a king. And here's the one reason that the people give to go out before us and fight our battles. As though God has not been fighting their battles for them all this time. We've talked about this story. Yeah. Real people are forgetful people though. Do you remember? Ah, Real people are forgetful people. They mm-hmm. are, and they're whining. I'm jealous. And, oh my, we want to be like on and on for that. We want to be like the other nations. I, they're, other mm-hmm. nations, I know. So that's, but you know what? Our real God gives them yeah. a king. He gives them Saul, and so Samuel anoints mm-hmm. Saul, and Saul is from the tribe of Benjamin. He's an impressive guy. Without, it's the Bible tells us, without equal <laughs> among the Israelites, he was a a head Fit taller than all the others. Fit to be king. So Samuel anoints him and he serves as Israel's new king. Um, and so that, that whole story kind of unfolds and you can find that in the, the following chapters of first Samuel. Yeah. Yeah, But today we, we want to end with a section of scripture, um, that kind of sums up Samuel's life and ministry a little bit that we've been talking about. In many translations of the Bible, this chapter is entitled Samuel's Farewell Address. So it's kind of the end of his his ministry. He's old. He's appointed his sons as leaders. He's setting things in place for the next generation to, to follow after him. 
Um, God has given him the privilege of anointing Israel's first king, and now he's he's just about done with his ministry, and he's about to give this farewell address. Um, and if I may, I'd like to go ahead and read most of this chapter for us to help us get a sense of Samuel's heart as he passes the baton, this, mm-hmm. this heart of one who has had such intimacy with God. And what I love here yeah. in this, what I hope you hear, especially is his prophet's heart, um, reminding God's people uh, of who God is and beseeching him to tur- beseeching the people to turn to their God and to know him. He's got this prophet's heart. And so I love it. This is in first Samuel chapter 12, the whole chapter at the beginning. I'll summarize some of it. He basically begins by saying, Hey, you all, you know me. I'm Samuel. I've walked with you for all these years. I've anointed this King for you. Um, you now have my sons over you. Have I done any wrong to you? Have I stolen anything from any of you? Have I wronged anyone? And they all affirm that, that he has not done any wrong to anyone. So that's, that's how he begins. And then, and then he goes on to this pleading with them. And this is what he says. Um, it says, and Samuel said to the people, the Lord is witness who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. Now, therefore, stand still that I may plead with you before the Lord concerning all the righteous deeds of the Lord that he performed for you and for your fathers. When Jacob went into Egypt and the Egyptians oppressed them, then your fathers cried out to the Lord and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God. See, he knows real people are forgetful people. (laughs) There you go. That's what he's saying. Uh, They forgot the Lord their God and they sold them in and he sold them into the hands of Sisera, commander of the army of Hazor, and into the hands of the Philistines, and into the hand of the king of Moab. And they fought against them. And they cried out to the Lord, and said, We have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord, and have served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. But now deliver us out of the hand of our enemies, that we may serve you. And the Lord sent Jerubal, and Barak, and Jephthah, and Samuel, and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and you lived in safety. He's just, he's reminding them, there's a pattern here, there's a pattern. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when you saw that Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, came against you, you said to me, no, but a king shall reign over us, when the Lord your God was your king. And now, behold, the king whom you have chosen, for whom you have asked, behold, the Lord has set a king over you. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Now, therefore, stand still and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call upon the Lord that he may send thunder and rain, and you shall know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord in asking for yourselves a king. So Samuel called upon the Lord. The Lord sent thunder and rain. The people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And the people said, pray for your servants to the Lord your God. It's like the real people. We've heard this before from them. God shows up and they're scared. Pray for your servants to the Lord your God that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins this evil to ask for ourselves a king. They get it on some level. And listen Mm -hmm. to what Samuel says to them. They say, pray for us that we may not die. And Samuel says, do not be afraid. You have done this evil, yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver. They are empty. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. 
Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the mm. good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. <laughs> don't forget, don't forget. Um, but if, but if yeah. you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Wow, that's, that's a pretty good yeah. farewell address. And this is just beautiful mm-hmm. to me. I love how Samuel beautifully understands the justice and righteous anger of our real God, but he also understands mm-hmm. his steadfast and unending love for his people. And that's just, that's just amazing to me. He, he calls the people out for their sins and he even calls down thunder and rain and the people cry out. But, but when they cry out and say, pray for us, he doesn't say, oh, too bad, too, too bad, so sad, too late. You had your chance. Right. He, he calls them out for his sins, but then he says, do not be afraid. The Lord will not forsake his people. It has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. That's the heart of a prophet. If only we could all come to understand both God's immense justice and God's immense love for us. Ah, oh, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like, um, I feel like the prophets that we've seen, Moses, um, Samuel, they understand this love and, and justice, like you said, but they understand that the justice flows from yes. God's love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, the people, the thing that they're missing is that they, they see not love, but more so approval mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. anger. Um, so it's not love and justice, it's approval and anger. And so they, they go for the approval and when they, they don't see the approval come, they, they just are so afraid of the anger that they turn to another God to try to get their approval and, and try to get their, the other God's power to wield against. So it's, it's almost like they just want God for the weapon Mm -hmm. that he can be, um, to use God as a weapon. And they, they just don't realize that there's this underlying love, the emotion Mm -hmm. of God they don't, they don't realize that he is a real God Mm -hmm. with real emotion. Um, and all of it stems from that real love that, um, everything just is birthed from. See, I think the prophets understand that our God is with us, Mm -hmm. even when he's against Mm -hmm. us, even when the anger flares, he is with us. Mm -hmm. And, and when he is against us, it is good and it is right because being against us doesn't mean that he's left us. It means that he is disciplining us as a loving father and he is never not with us. Amen. I think that's just yeah. crucial. May yeah. we all understand that more and more. I think. Amen. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, that's yeah. going to wrap it up for our time today. And we want to be sure you don't miss a single episode of Real People, Real God. So you can subscribe on iTunes, Android, or Stitcher. Or you can listen to it on Misu's Friday blog, which is at www.misuandrews.com slash blog. And we have notes for each podcast available on the on the blog on the date of the podcast and you can post comments and questions on there as well and if you have a question specifically for me or misu just indicate one of us and we would love to get back to you okay come back everybody thank you and remember be real thanks for listening to real people real god if you've enjoyed this episode please take a moment to give us a star rating on itunes 
We rely on real people to provide feedback and our real God to provide listeners. 